This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing. You're listening to Deadset Podcasting with your host, Josh Liston. This is a show dedicated to podcasting in Australia, New Zealand and Southeast Asia. Follow along with today's episode over at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay, here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Deadset Podcasting. Josh here. I'm going to challenge something today that I hear a lot in the podcasting space, and this is not me challenging individuals who have promoted this idea or who believe this, because on some level, I do actually feel that this is a good way to conceptualize a show. So this idea is familiar enough that it may come to mind who you've heard say this type of thing before. I'm critiquing the idea, not the person or persons who may have talked about this in the past. And the idea is niching down or niching down if you're in North America. But I'm going to stick with niching or niche because it's how I've always said it and I'm Australian. So I'm just going to stick with that pronunciation today. And where this all stems from is I did a genre television show called On The Bubble Podcast for around four and a half years. That show was pretty heavily produced for a pure hobbyist independent type of show. There was lots of voiceover sections, interview sections, clips from audio, reading articles, collecting quotes, and also editing in voiceover segments from other people, contributors to the show. So it was a lot of work. It was probably a, uh, it was probably a five, six, seven, eight to one type of arrangement. If I was doing a pure interview episode, that was probably four to five to one. And the more elements that went into the process, it got to the point where for every minute, I was probably doing eight to 10 minutes of total work. So for an independent, pure hobbyist, it was a fairly large amount of work. And all that is a preface to this. I niched down too much with that show. So when people normally talk about niching down or getting a hyper niche, as I'll probably refer to it today, is looking at the top line category. Let's take cricket. Cricket's huge in many countries, including India. So there's over a billion people globally that have some affinity for cricket. You could talk about, for your podcast, just the sport of cricket. The scores, what's going on around the world in the short form of the game and the test match multi-day form of the game, what's happening at that level. You're then competing with all of the major networks, both radio, TV and cable TV, if that's available in your country. In all of the major markets, so India, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, the UK, the West Indies, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, basically you're talking well in excess of probably a billion people, once again, that have some affinity for the sport. So you could talk about it at that level. And you're competing against the biggest broadcasters in those countries that do have sports content are going to feature cricket. The passion for cricket among cricket fans, it verges on religious fervour, the amount of passion they have for cricket. So you could be trying at that level. To niche down from there might be, I'm going to focus on the 50 over or one day version of the game 
the best historical games. And that's a level down from that. Obviously, that might appeal to the more powerful countries that have featured in those more historical games more often. You may have more England, West Indies, India and Australia in those type of games and maybe less Bangladesh, for example. So to niche down again and maybe get to a hyper niche, you might look at just the history of the Ashes, which is the long-form test match version of the game between Australia and England. And even then, it's probably not as hyper niche as I'm making it out to be, honestly, to do the Ashes. But let's just use that as the example for today as we move through. We're going to cover the Ashes, which is a specific tournament between Australia and England, and essentially it moves from country to country, and there's a lot of pride in the cricket community and in the general public of retaining the Ashes, not just winning it, but holding on to it the next year or the next time the Ashes is played. So we've gone from cricket in general to a form of the game featuring most teams or most of the powerful teams to a form of the game where it's just featuring two countries. So your Indian market might not be all that interested in a historical recap of the Ashes, which doesn't feature the Indian cricket side. The other thing I want to preface this conversation with is this. If you're not doing a really great show where you've prepared the content well, you've presented it well, it's appealing in some way to that audience, it's not bad content, it sounds good, it's presented well, it's researched well if it's that type of show, it's funny if it's meant to be funny, it's upbeat and exciting if it's meant to be upbeat and exciting. If you don't have that ticked off, it doesn't matter how much you niche down. It doesn't matter about that passionate engagement that those super niche audiences are meant to have and quite often do have. If your show's not good, they're not going to care. Regardless if you're talking about their favourite thing in the universe, the most hardcore Ashes history fan loves Australia and their rivalry with England in the cricket. If your show's not good, they don't care that you've gone that niche. So that's my other preface. So these are the two what I would call untruths about niching down. So you're meant to be able to niche down for this reason, that as you move down the niche, so from cricket to global one-dayers featuring every team to just the Ashes featuring Australia and England in the long form of the game, the number of potential listeners decreases, but the amount that they can potentially care about that subject increases and compensates for the lack of total audience. That's the theory, basically, of niching down to get to a hyper niche. The first risk of niching down or going hyper too early is that you may miss the common ground that multiple audiences have around a subject. So what I mean by that is you might be focused on Australia versus England in the cricket historically when that audience may also be interested in a subject where you talk about all the test matches, the long form of the game, that Australia has played against all the powerful cricketing nations, South Africa, India, the West Indies. There's hundreds of classic test matches that Australia has featured in that may be just as appealing to someone that loves the Ashes as anything else. And you've gone a level below that and you've basically locked yourself into not being able to broaden out again. And this is something Dan Benjamin from 5x5 has said, and I agree with him. 
it's kind of contrarian advice, but start a little bit broader than maybe where you ultimately think you might end up in a hyper niche. Just start out in a niche. So start out at all historical test matches featuring Australia. For me with On The Bubble Podcast, it was about Save Our Show fan campaigns. The hyper niche beyond hyper niches for TV, maybe I could have started out with crazy fandom around genre television, which Save Our Show fan campaigns would be one part of that. But there's other parts. There's conventions, there's live shows, there's fan fiction, whatever. There's more around the idea of fandom for TV than I allowed on the Bubble Podcast to cover. And I think that's a mistake. So what that leads to is you may then start to receive feedback around, look, we love that you're covering the great test matches against India and those incredible matches against the West Indies over time and those great matches in the 90s against South Africa, whatever. But we really love the shows where you go super deep into the ashes. Maybe that could be a slightly higher percentage of what you cover than what you're covering now. So what I'm getting at is you might end up in the same place, but your audience is able to help you get there as opposed to you shutting out a potential common ground audience just because you've hyper-niched because some guru or expert at a convention said the money's in the niches that maybe worked for them and two of the people that they've charged money to over 10 years, but they're generalizing to everybody. So that's the first untruth, that the hyper-niche exposes you to more passionate people. It may, but it may not. What is true about it, you might have missed another level where there's common ground audience. So the idea of niching down is good. Just don't go so niche from day one that you're excluding everybody except yourself and your nerdiest best friend. Right, I just got on a bit of a tangent. As people who know me, I'm not a massive fan of the gurus in the space. So I'll calm down and move on. The second thing I wanted to cover today is workload to audience balance. And I got this super wrong with On The Bubble Podcast. Because I was hosting multiple shows, most of those shows had audiences in the hundreds. And On The Bubble Podcast at times had a much bigger audience. Other times it had a very small audience. So by niching down and missing the common ground elements of that type of podcast, I was basically having to re-earn my audience with every single episode. Because the thing that the show was about, Save O Show fan campaigns, that only matters to the person who liked that show. So they're going to listen to the one about Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles. And if you love Chuck, you're going to listen to the one about Chuck. But the hyper niche basically forced me into a huge amount of workload for every episode. And I love the finished product, don't get me wrong. I'm very proud of that show in terms of sound design and it taught me how to script and voiceover and edit better and to interview better because the people that I did interview weren't the type of people that normally get interviewed. So it took more skill from me to get a really great interview out of some of the interviews I did do. So I'm not denigrating what I did. But the hyper niche basically forced me into a very large amount of work compared to the other shows that I was doing in terms of total production time for an audience that was more variable. It was much bigger at times, but also much, much smaller than a show that I was 
putting less time into and getting more engagement for because the other shows that I was doing, like my interview show, Punching Sideways, had a more common through line for people that wanted to listen on a continuing basis. On the Bubble podcast, it was so hyper niche that there was no common ground elements to carry the bulk of the audience from episode to episode and give them a good experience. So that's my two things for today. Do niche down. You're not going to be able to compete at the highest level of cricket, for example. And I couldn't compete with cord killers in TV or the big after shows from HBO or the official after shows, all that kind of stuff. But I could have niched down one level and just looked at TV fandom where there was a lot of literature, there was more people to interview. It included Save Our Show fan campaigns anyway. So it was one element of that whole sphere of fandom that I could have covered because I had an interest in it, but I didn't have to limit myself as much as I did. So give some serious consideration to how hyper niche you're thinking about going. The other thing getting back to the audience to workload ratio is sometimes, how do I put this? Every listener that's ever spent one second listening to me and has taken a part of their life to do that, I'm super grateful for. (laughs) And there's no other way to put that. I, I appreciate that. But if you're, where I'm trying to get to is you'd prefer to have a bigger audience than a smaller one. And if anyone tells you otherwise, They're not telling you the truth. They're trying to sell you something or sell you on an idea or they may be that one in a million person where the idea of their show is to focus on one particular high-performing type of person like a physician or a neurosurgeon or something where if they do have a small audience, it means that they can hyper-serve a very lucrative audience. But if you're doing a show that's in the entertainment sphere or the pop culture sphere or sports or whatever, I don't believe it when people say they'd prefer to have a small audience or they miss when they did. They might miss an element of it. But if you ask them, okay, tomorrow your audience is going back from 1,000 to 100, they're going to say, no, thanks. I'll stick with my 1,000. Righto. So don't do what I did with On The Bubble Podcast and niche down one or two levels too far because you believed a guru that it's the way to success in podcasting. And also keep in mind that if you do, you are putting a governor on your potential audience size. And for a lot of us, we'd like to see our show just keep continuing to grow a tiny bit. It doesn't have to be a lot. If your show's getting better, but the audience is not actually getting any bigger, in fact, it could be getting smaller. There's always attrition. As people hear too much of you over time, they may come in and out or go away forever. That can be a real bummer. So don't put an artificial ceiling on your potential audience, but also on your ability to broaden back out. Because when I went super niche, I didn't really allow myself an avenue to come back out of that super niche to a broader niche. I'd really locked myself into talking about one subject. And it turned out there wasn't crossover audience for that subject. Righto, thanks guys. I know that was a bit ranty deadsetpodcasting.com for everything to do with the show. You can go to deadsetpodcasting.com slash support if you want to buy the show a coffee at Joshua C. Liston on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I hope your week is best kind, and I'll see you later. Bye-bye.